It is one month till training camp. Exactly one month until the Washington football team will be on the field in Richmond, Virginia. And damn it, I can't wait. Here's what we're going to do. Me, Mitch, and Pete are going to break down our pyramids of success. What is the formula that will get Washington the elusive playoff win this organization hasn't had in 15 years? 1-5-15. That's absurdly awful. I hope everyone's aware of that. So we're going to break down how they break that awful streak. Plus, decent amount of golf talk. Buckle up. It's Washington Football Talk Podcast. On the football field, the action happens in the blink of an eye. It's like that off the field, too, when you've been injured. In a split second, your life is changed. Whether on the field or in the courtroom, when you've been injured, you need the right teammates by your side. You need Chase and Boscolo, a law firm willing to protect and fight for your rights. On the football field or in the courtroom, having the right team determines whether you win or lose. When injuries change your life, call Chase and Boscolo, trial lawyers that care. What up, everybody? It's J.P. Finley. It's the Washington Football Talk podcast, joined by Mitch Tischler and Pete Haley. Pete, give me a time check. Uh, it oh, is one twenty. Time zone. Yeah, it's Michigan. I don't even know. It's one twenty-eight here in Michigan. So is it two twenty-eight over there in D.C.? Nope. nope. One twenty-eight here. So All right, you <laughs> set me up for failure by saying I'm in a different time zone. I guess I'm not. Listen, I think I think I I think I eat it on this one. I don't know. Yeah. I just assumed Michigan was far enough west. I guess. I know Detroit is our time zone just because when Washington goes and plays up there, it's it's always a, the one o'clock start. Okay. Well, we learned something very early in this podcast. Here's what else I, I want people to learn. Oarsman Automotive of Virginia, we're going to do a training camp preview pod out there. I believe July 22nd is the date. Um, that is not finalized, but then again, everything in the world is tentative anyway. So uh, July 22nd, Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. But I, I mean this when I say it. I'm in the process of getting not one, but two new cars from them. So Garv at Oarsman Fairfax Toyota takes care of me. They're so helpful. My guy Jaime in Manassas drove a car from Fairfax to my house in Bethesda for my wife to test drive because she couldn't go out there with the baby and blah, blah, blah. They are good people. Like I'm, I'm buying cars from them. I mean it sincerely. Tell you what, on the back end of this pod, we're going to have to get into this two new car situation for the Finleys. It's it's a it's a jet wash. Like the the monthly is is basically staying the same. But sure, we'll talk about that right now. Though um, dudes were asking me about skins this weekend, and I kind of had to tell them my tr- my triangle of success, my pyramid to a playoff win for the Washington football team. I got asked this a bunch over the weekend. How do I think a, a define a good season? And the top of my pyramid, I've said this repeatedly, is a playoff win. Win a playoff game, and it's absolutely been a good season. That hasn't happened in fifteen father duck in years which is just outrageous to get there though i think there are two nuggets one of which sounds sounds like a lot but i think it's quite doable especially if you look at the numbers from last year and that's have the best defense in the league yardage against um yards allowed whatever you want to call it i i look at yards more than points because yards are a better indicator of what you're letting teams do points can be fluky like who knows if Fitz throws a pick and a dude gets in the corner gets tackled on the two and they give up a touchdown. Like points are just flukier than yards. So last year they finished second in the NFL yards allowed this year. I think the goal is number one offensively. I think they've been so bad. They were 29th in yards. I'm sorry. They were 30th in yards last season. And I believe they were 31st 
31st in 2019. So it's even with, I think like just to the, to the naked eye, you would say that the 2020 offense was better than 2019, right? You guys agree with that? Yeah. Yes. But they improved one spot from 31st to 30th. So like that shows you how bad that 19, like how much, how much room they still need to make. But I, I, I don't think people should be saying anything crazy about a top 10 offense or anything like they, there's so much room to grow there. I think the goal should be getting to 16, get to the middle of the pack, but with the pyramid of success, you got to have a top 20 offense. All right. Yard. I like, I like those two uh, components. My, I think I came up with two components here. Um, similar to JP, my defensive stat to reach is number one in sacks. I think with all these quarterbacks you're playing, you're going to need to be in their face, taking them down, preventing them from being comfortable, and you have the D-line to do it. So I think if you go, and I don't have the exact number in front of me, excuse me, I'm sitting in a parking lot in a Michigan church with not much uh, resources, but um, they were top 10, top five in sacks, wherever it was in 2020. In 2021, it has to be numero uno. And also, I think a way to do that is by having a better first half scoring margin. They got off to such horrific starts. And that puts your defense in a bad spot where they aren't able to highlight their forte, which is getting after the passer. So if you go into halftime, either tied or leading, that sets you up for better success in the third and fourth quarter where you can wear down these really high-flying offenses you're scheduled to face. And if you take care of those two things, I think that will help you get to playoff territory and maybe next round of the playoff territory. I think you guys have all, all made great points. And I think that seeing the offense improve a certain percentage is – is important and seeing the defense kind of hold its water in terms of where it, where it ranks league wide at the end of the day, it's, it's win a playoff. It's make the playoffs and win a playoff game. And that's what matters. And if we're talking about a specific stat that we wanted that I think that will indicate success, I think yards per attempt uh, passing will be a huge one because in years past for multiple years, since Kirk was, there have been pretty much zero balls thrown downfield. There's been no stretching of the defense, no ability to, to go sideline to sideline, end zone to end zone. And I think that adding Fitzpatrick, adding Curtis Samuel, adding maybe Deami Brown as a secondary deep threat, I think that they should be able to expand defenses and make them guard the entire field. And that's going to be the one stat that I want to see improve from basically dead last to, to hopefully top, top 15, top 10. Mitch was asking about the cars. So, so here's, I don't want to get into all the numbers, right? But basically my forerunner, there's such a demand. <laughs> see how well I can handle this economically. The demand yeah. for forerunners specifically is so far outpacing supply that my forerunner has a tremendous amount of value in it. You will both know that Lauren's been bugging me for a bigger car. They're hard to find, but Garve over there was able to get me a Sequoia which is like the Toyota version of a, of a Tahoe or whatever. They're dope. They're just massive. I mean, it's like a, it's like a land boat. I don't even know how they're big, dude. Um, you know, what's so, great is we're not going to have to pile into Pete's uh, yellow painted bird poop dinged car to do pods anymore. We're getting in that, in that Tahoe. We're going to, we're not well, going to be able to hear people. I'm going to be in the back seat and I'm going to have to scream to make it into the microphone. That thing is so spacious. One, it's not a Tahoe, it's a Sequoia. Two, it's Sorry. Lauren's car, so I doubt you two will ever be in it. Um, 
Damn. But I, in turn, Lauren has a very nice GMC Acadia. They're, they're quality cars. Bob Biaggi, Orsman Chevy Buick GMC sold it to me. It's a nice car. At the same time, used cars, there's a lot of demand for them. Um, so your boy is finally getting his pickup truck. I'm getting a Tacoma. Oh, wow. Wow. Can I wait until you put a liner in the bed of that Tacoma, fill it with water, and have the, the mobile mobile pool that you've always wanted? <laughs> I, I want to do the 5 o'clock club where we just fill it with ice and beer. Maybe we'll do that in Richmond. Maybe that'll be the podcast party. It's just my truck filled with ice and beer in the parking lot of that Weston. You think they can go for that? Definitely. <laughs> that sounds really fun. It sounds fun. How do you think, like, Nina's going to react to that plan or, or God forbid the lawyers, <laughs> there are no lawyers. <laughs> so here's what I wanted to talk about. Um, speaking of lawyers. So shout out to my guy, Mark, who I played in a golf tournament with this week. I was, I, I know Mark a couple of years. I was stunned that he's a listener, a big deal, DC lawyer and a little bit older than us. I, I was, he, he came up to me. He's like, man, I love the podcast. I was like, you do. So that was surprising enough. And then I met his son and his son loves the podcast. And now his son's probably more Ardell, which is like 12. I don't know. So one thing, whenever I talk about like being school and being drunk all the time, like if you're, if you're under 16, that's all facetious. That's all hypothetical. None of that happened. Like keep your head in the books, go to school, go to class. Um, right. <laughs> we want to give some good life advice here. Yeah, school's uh, good. Um, paying attention, taking notes, getting good grades. It's how you become massive podcast hosts like us three. And not just mental notes like Mitch. Sometimes you put your put put a pen to paper or just type out the notes of what the professor is saying, right? Or the teacher or whoever. I don't think they, anyone, no one takes pen to paper anymore. Everyone has laptops in class and taking notes that way. I bet there's some people that still take notes. You don't think so? When when I take notes, you, I take notes take on it. Mental notes. Mitch, you claim that your mental notes are just as good as on a pad. So what qualifies for writing on a pad? I'm just showing you all the notes we take. I take. You're a clipboard? Yeah. What are you, a high school gym teacher? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm chatting down, I'm jotting down Carver's time in the 40, making sure that he's, he's improving every 10 yards. When this all eventually goes bad, I do think Mitch would be a good high school gym teacher. So <laughs> put that in your back pocket. I will 100% have a whistle around my neck in the short wrestling, the, work, the short <laughs> wrestling shorts. So this weekend, two-day member member at Congressional. Um, it's the most fun weekend of the year out there. Um, I, some of the folks listen, a huge thank you to everybody out there because they've worked their butts off and put on just the most fun couple days. So my partner going into this tournament, and it, lawyers and anybody under 16, the rest of this is all hypothetical. My partner going into this tournament didn't like ask me. There was, it was I don't know that it was like a formal request, but he was like, dude, why don't we try to lay off the transfusions and see if we can play? And I was kind of offended <laughs> at the suggestion. Um, so whatever, the first day, I am awful on the range. Awful. And had, had been kind of up and down lately. I, my last round was pretty good. But I've been up and down, and I. Uh, this is the kind of thing where you can bet on yourself or bet on other guys, and there's like two hundred. There's twenty flights. I mean, it's it's a huge golf tournament. Like both the blue and the gold courses are all stacked up, like it's packed. Shotgun starts, 
Um, and some guys are like, oh, so I was in the, the butt last flight. There were 20 flights. I'm in the 20th flight. Although I had the best handicap in my flight. So that oh. 20th flight is the worst skill group or just the last one to go off and explain the, the flight numbers? Um, one, it's, it's very ironic for me to be on the other end of a bad Zoom, but Pete, your Zoom is kind of bad. Yeah, I just Two, got Pete's video so that he could he would sound better. Yeah. So, yes, I was in the, the, the group with the worst skilled golfers, correct? Like, it's all organized by handicap. The guys in the first flight are, like, at worst, scratch golfers. Most of them are, like, plus one, plus two, and then it kind of goes, like, down from there. So it goes from the absolute best to the absolute worst. And I'm in the absolute worst flight, but with a 17 handicap, I was the best of the worst in my flight. Everybody on board? I would guess that your flight probably drank the most transfusions. They could crush the top flight in, in drinks. You know, I doubt it. Because, I mean, in the two rounds we played, the two days we played, the other guys didn't drink hardly at all, but collectively. So... I think that's there, there are plenty of people that take it pretty seriously and don't drink much. And then there's, I'd say it's like, I'd say it's like 30% getting butt wasted, 30% taking it pretty seriously, having a couple beers and then maybe like a third. Right. And then another 33% super serious, no booze, like consulting their yardage books. And, and the weird part about it is there's people in the top flight getting wasted and there's people in the bottom flight consulting yardage books. Like it's all over the map how people kind of approach the weekend. I, however, approached it like you guys could probably imagine. Um, had a transfusion on the first tee. Now, so our, remember, I was playing, I was hitting it awful on the range. Our first shot, the first shot of the tournament is 18 gold, which is a 145 carry water par three. Um, I fully expected to shank it. I hit a nice shot, two putt par. For me to start with a par is a, is a pretty good sign of things to come. Um, proceeded to really play pretty well. I was a little scattered on the front. Dude, I shot a 41 on the back. I got in for an 89 the first day. 41? God damn. <laughs> wow. I was, I was lights out on the back. I was draining putts, um, bombing the driver. Dude, I had... I had a, two birdies. It was a lot of fun. So what, what I did learn, the transition I got wasn't very good. So I ended up dumping it out. Just all the ice had melted. And so my new rule for golf is a Miller light every two holes. When, when you're in the, that sort of situation and you stay away from the Tito's and good things were happening. Whatever. Fast forward to day two. We played pretty well. My partner Philly's playing pretty well. We win our damn flight, but we were convinced we had lost because we didn't do the math right during the aggregate portion Of course, that we then started drinking transfusion because we're like, all right, we're out of this thing. Let's switch it up. And sure enough, we won it. And then we <laughs> were like, all right, well, let's chug some water, which doesn't make any difference after 48 hours of debauchery. Um, so we're in the shootout, which is like, the winners of every flight. We again go to 18 gold, which is all about carrying water. I've done 
I've done some fairly high profile stuff. Like, I, I mean, I'm live on NFL stadium sidelines before moments before the game where there's, it's, it's often packed and rowdy. And I mean, Mitch, you, you guys have all been there. I mean, you're, you're talking 60, 70,000 people in these stadiums. You were more nervous for that T-shot? 1,000 times more nervous. And I didn't – it's alternate shot. I didn't even take the T-shot. Billy took the T-shot because I was putting so well. So the idea was you get it on the green and I'll get us home with a birdie. Like, who knows? What alternate universe are you the great putter of the group? Peter, I'm telling you, I bet I rolled in – the first hole on Saturday, I rolled in like a 19-footer to save bogey. And, like, and with like a double break, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what was JT going on. Speed. It's the will of the universe sometimes, man. But our luck ran out because – so you guys know that tee shot. It's like – say it's – you're elevated. It's like 50 yards, then a 70-yard pond, then the green. Does that sound about right? Yep. We yep. were short of the water. So we were dry. Then it was my shot, which we were hoping was going to be a putt. The shot I hit is the worst shot I've ever hit in golf, which I, I, I somehow hit the ball 20 yards directly right. <laughs> like, like I needed to hit it 85 yards straight. And then we would have been, maybe we make a putt. Maybe we're in for bogey, whatever. I hit it 20 yards directly right. You threw a lateral with your club, basically. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, was a it, was, uh, it, it wasn't, dude. The club got caught. On, I mean, the rough is super thick. I wasn't in a great location to be taking this shot, but uh, whatever. So it's, it's – what do I remember? That we played really good golf for two days and won our flight. We won some cash. Like, that, that is an accomplishment, right? But all I can think about is how awful we were in the shootout. We got a – we didn't finish like we were laying five in the drop area and the pros like, why don't we see how the rest, because there's nine other dudes playing the hole. They're like, why don't we just see if you guys need to finish or not? And I was like, totally fine. To the point what's, where when we, what's the shootout what, format? Is it every group gets to play the hole? How's that work? So there's 20 flights and then they add like two or four wildcard teams, like teams that went really low, but didn't win their flight because somebody else went really low. So they divide you up. Maybe it's three sets of eight. I don't know. They send a large group out to three different par threes. So you go to blue seven, blue 10 and gold 18. Cause they're right there by the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, so our T box had, eight groups so that's 16 dudes caddies so that's 30 dudes like a couple members of the pro staff and then just a bunch of guys that didn't make the shootout like hooting and hollering like mitch i had bennett out there hooting and hollering (laughs) encouragement but it, it only adds to the anxiety of the moment um they're blaring acdc which only adds to the anxiety of the moment and then you know how that 18th hole is there's that like hill on the far side so a lot of people are like sitting over there standing over there watching like everything's open bar everybody's enjoying themselves so i mean the the anxiety i I haven't felt nerves like that in years dude like i can't even think of the moment proposing to lauren 
I was I was gonna say when I botched it without Michael. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that was this is my biggest botch since have a great broad breast. I'm gonna drop that audio in right here, by the way, so everybody can be reminded of it. And I know you'll have a broad, great broadcast. Thank you very Thank much. You appreciate it. Thank appreciate you. It. So I ask you to, as my friends and as golfers that understand the pain and mental anguish and rare moments of joy that that game brings you, do I remember the weekend or do I remember the playoff? Well, I'm sure part of not remembering the weekend was all the transfusions, but I would think about I largely the, behaved, dude. I would think about the uh, the 19 footers that you were rolling in because. Putting is is not typically your strong suit, and uh, sure. for you to get hot and, and and be good with the flat stick is is fun. That's 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 what I would try and remember. Yeah, I agree with Mitch, and I think you also you let that shot on eighteen kind of fester until next year, and you use it as your motivation. Like that's not going to be your last time in a shootout, man. Learn from it. Every team kind of makes the playoffs, gets their ass kicked, but then the next year they come back and make a deeper run. That's going to be you. Right. Love you guys. You guys are good friends. You face uh, the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs. You you put up a decent showing and you're ready to uh you're you're ready for next year when you're gonna when you're when you're ready to win a game. Yeah. I like that analogy, Mitchell. I really do. For a second um, I thought you were talking Milwaukee Bucks and I had no idea what you're discussing, but now I'm there with you. Good analogy. No, that was a Washington football oh. team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gotcha. All right, so we should go here. Um unless there's Anything you guys, Mitch, Pete, yeah, you played golf with Gary Carter. How'd everybody play? I'm back. I'm officially ready to, to play some real golf again. <laughs> Didn't put up a good score playing uh, in that in that round, but it was one of those that uh, I guess kind of the opposite of yours, JP. You, you played well, and you're only thinking of the bad stuff. I played poorly. I, I played poorly, but can only think about the fact that I can now all of a sudden hit irons again, and I'm back and ready to to be back in the normal, normal run of golf. Not quite cocky, Pete, but, but confident Mitch. Mitch and I warmed up at Columbia for that media tournament. Every time I looked up, I just saw a ball streaking across my face from left to right because Mitch was just shanking every single club he had in the bag. And then at Poolsville, you know, he'd yank a shot to the left and Gary would be like, oh, that's not great. And Mitch would be like jumping up and down like, I hit an iron in the air. So I was really Pete. happy to see Mitch come back. So Columbia is, uh, it's a matted uh, warm-up area. And then right in front is grass where you could throw in a tee and hit a couple drivers or, or woods to, to warm up. And Pete was warming up right, net, right to the right of me and was concerned about setting up his tees to hit, to hit, to warm up with some drivers because every club, uh, every ball I was hitting was a hosel rocket 45 degrees to the right. And Pete thought I was going to hit him. Yeah, it wasn't safe to be around Mitch, but he rebounded. And was pretty good at Poolsville, so I came in to see him play more. I had a uh, putt on 18 for an 88. I ended up three-putting for a 90, and my putt for 90, or 89, horseshoed like four times around the, the hole, and Gary Carter almost fell over laughing. But it was a good time, and uh, yeah. Did you guys have a snake net going? No snake. We forgot to. Um, it was oh. weird to play with. Pete had a six-foot six foot downhill putt for an 88, and as we're walking up to the green, Gary Carter goes, Hey, just got a two putt for an 89 and lo and behold, Pete blows that six footer 14 feet by. And then the, <laughs> the comebacker rings around the hole a couple times and drops out. It was, yep. it was pretty funny. Oh, that's brutal. That game is just so hard. Um, before we go, uh, I wanted to, so I've been posting some of these, the cool cups and hoodies and stuff that our friend Megan's putting together. 
uh, dcsportsshirts.com is the website. I dropped it in the chat. Have you guys looked at this yet? Are there, yeah. is there new stuff there? I finally got a, a good picture. <laughs> I don't know. If you, I can't remember which one of you two was making fun of me and my complete inability to find decent pictures, but we found one. Wild. Yeah, I had, I just ordered my uh, cough, I mean, my pint glass and also a hat. So I have got those two things coming. And yeah, this picture is great. JP, this website's coming together. DCSportsShirts.com. Get your gear because it is official pod merch. Uh, I say we wrap this wild ride up. You guys good? Yep. Let's wrap this sucker up. <laughs> let's wrap it up. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to Orsman of Virginia. Meet us out there July 22nd training camp preview. What day is it? I think we're exactly one month till camp, right? Yeah. It's June 27th. Yep. How about Hell, that? Just call, it, call it the one month till camp podcast, Pete. With some golf included. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you guys for listening. You made it as far. I owe you a beer. And I know you'll have a, bro- a great broadcast. Thank you very thank much. You appreciate it. Thank appreciate you. It. Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Savings, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Ford Lincoln. Let's ride together.